Good evening, guys. We are the, the Common, Common Veterans. Veterans. And tonight's episode is called Time in a Bottle, where we discuss music that veterans listen to and enjoy and what got us through. Well, Kenny, uh, having a good night tonight. Hopefully you are too. So the music that anyhow got us through basic training and uh, service in the military and just civilian life in itself, what's some of the music that brought you into the world and, and you really enjoyed in your military career? Well, man, basic training or boot camp for a lot of you was everything. Music was everything. Even though we had nothing to listen to, we, we would sit in, together and, and, and cr- try to come up with songs and the lyrics and try to figure out which was the exact lyrics to each song. And so we'd always do that with like uh, the Eagles Hotel California because there are so many lyrics in there that are misunderstood and, and what they actually are, what they're said and, and how they go. And it's just one of those funny things. What root songs can you really make out of that that are, are just more, right? Yeah. Some of those lyrics have been misunderstood for eons. Some of them are hilarious. Like there's a bathroom on the right. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. You know, there's there's those lyrics that just burn into your memory. But yeah, in boot camp, uh, I I don't know. I know I I, I went through the boot camp in the early twenties, so uh, the nineteen twenties, not being twenty. And uh, it's just one of those things that we we had a radio that we would listen to, and it was kind of our world um, after after the duty day and all our chores were done and. And you didn't have a lot of time at the end of the evening, but they gave you a little bit of time to unwind and before you hit the rack. And if we were really lucky, we'd have a TV, um, but we normally did have a radio. And that was one of the things that helped carry us through. It got us a little piece of the civilian world back to where we could listen to the, the radio and lose ourselves in the radio for a little bit of time. Well, for us, you know, music never really died, you know, like it. It was, we didn't ever listen to it. Like we weren't allowed radios. We weren't allowed. And that, I think that's more because we, of being combat infantrymen was what we were, you know, we we're exposed. We were exposed to music at night was bombs and gunfire being played over the loudspeakers while we were trying to sleep. Just get used to it. They said, get used to it. They said, or just become hypervigilant, whatever. But when our downtime and we, you know, we're trying to learn these lyrics and, you know, American Pie would come, we would say, talk about singing American Pie because everybody knows that song. Everybody does. I drove my Chevy to the levee more than once. I mean, but the levee was never dry, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, in the military it was. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 you know, unlike Jesus turning water to wine, we tried to, we, we tried to go to the whiskey route, but yeah, the TI didn't let us. I mean, water. look, man, we, we would, we were always... Japping Nimble and Jack be quick, and we were jumping over that candlestick, dude. I mean, that's that's just all there was to it. Yeah. But you know, all that being said, you know, we would, on basic training, you know, we weren't we didn't have iPads or iPods or or CD or DVD players when on our basic training. And I don't know if people do that now, but I mean, they probably do. They probably do stress cards and the we, whole thing. Yeah, the blue card somebody. Yeah, we were, <laughs> we, we were lucky to have a stone tablet and a chisel. I mean. But in my head, I would be doing like church hymns, like onward Christian soldiers, man, because that would keep me 
keep me focused. And like my feet hurt so bad, my arches were falling. But as long as I was able to, like, hey, I'm marching off to war, carrying the cross of Jesus, man, I was I was good to go, right? Like it just kept me, it kept me motivated, it kept me keeping my my focus on what I was doing and kept me going. And then, you know, even even still then going into our duty stations, like you're when you were in, like, I mean, I, I get it. You still owe Jesus ten, like two dollars from. I, yeah, he he loaned, he loaned me some money, you know, and I I I spent it on you know some girls and you know whatever they had back then. But, but yeah, back that back in the day, Mary Magdalene. I still I think I paid her. <laughs> but but that being, that being said, like you you like you went to you would go to these NCO clubs and listen to music, but you'd also meet some inter- interesting people. Well, we were on base, so I mean, how interesting can the airman or the soldier be? And you go there, and the cool thing about it, you go to the airman's club or the soldier's <laughs> club, and with a $20 bill, you could drink yourself silly at the end of the night because the drinks were only about a buck. And then end up in a helicopter. And then end up in a helicopter. I mean, man, that that's that right there is like, it's like a warning story for me. So you young soldiers, if you, if you liked roller coasters and you like adrenaline and silly things like that. I like it too, but not that kind of stuff. Cause I can't control it. Uh, what he's talking about is we were at a, uh, uh, in the air force, the biggest inspection that you have is an ORI operational readiness inspection. And that's where you practice going to war. You spend a week or two building up. You have a week long war and it starts out with, small arms tactics, you know, guerrilla type fighting, hit and run, and you build up to mortars, artillery, airstrikes, and to the final day, you're begging and pleading, and everybody leaves their, their foxhole or their bunker or whatever, you know, the sandbag building you're in, the sandbag tent or wherever you're laying behind sandbags, because a B-52 is flying over, and the Bombay doors are open. And when they drop that five-pound bag of flour and it hits the runway, you've been nuked, and the war is over, and you can now go shower and sleep. So when we had this war was over, our ORI, we had a bunch of, uh, in the late 80s and early 90s, we had a bunch of burned-out NOM jocks who were Army guys flying choppers, Hueys, the UH-1s, and they were flying them around ferrying the, uh, the inspectors or the bad guys. Well... After the war was over, they were given MWR rides. And there was this one burned out NOM jock. He was a pilot, a warrant officer of some sort. Being Air Force, I'm not really sure what kind he was, one through four or 32 or 33, I don't know. But uh, yes, I before you have call in or anything, there's only one through four. But warrant officers. But Bird Dog was his call sign. And we got together at the, uh, the at the club on base, and we were having fun. And I was giving crap about being an army jock, and he was looking at me like, "Who the heck do you think you are?" And I'm going like, "Well, I'm Air Force. <laughs> I'm, I'm a junior enlisted guy. You know what? I'm above you, aren't I?" And uh, we eventually became friends because uh, he, <laughs> he was a cool guy, even if he was army. And uh, he gave me some MWR rides, like. When I say he was a burned-out Nam jock, he was a chopper jock in Vietnam, and he did map of the earth flying. When I was in the hell seat, the hell seat is for you non-military or you other than army guys. It's the door gunner seat on a Huey. 
So I, he gave me the door gunner seat on the pilot side, gave me some headphones so he could talk to me, and we did map of the earth. I mean, I picked my feet up off the deck of the, the, the aircraft because I thought my feet were going to get tangled in trees. We were that low. I was sure the skids of the aircraft, the chopper, were going to get snagged in the trees, and we were just going down. When he did, when he did a barrel roll over and down into the in the river, and he stopped about two or three feet above the water, I, I, I'm not sure. Again, sure, I can tell you what I almost did, but you can guess. And I loved it. And I swear the rotors were going to clip the trees on either side or both sides, that the the skids were going to get caught in a, a stray wave and take us down. And he did some combat landings, like he was landing an LZ, a hot LZ, when he was in Nam. And he was hooping and hollering, having a great time. And I was hooping and hollering right there with him. And God, was it great. I, I, you know, you pay money for roller coaster rides like that. Not me. And it was a fantastic trip. And I realized Bird Dog, it probably doesn't listen to this podcast. But if you're out there, you know, you know Bird, Dog, Bird Dog, tell him I said hi. And then... And then sing to him that he's lost his loving feeling. Yes. Because he's definitely lost the loving feeling because Jeff is probably not feeling anything right now because he's still so high on that awesome experience. For Adrenaline dump, endorphins. I, I remember that. And it was a lot. It's been like 100 years ago. It was great. Do you remember the A-team and the reason why he, Mr. Mr. T couldn't? He couldn't, couldn't fly? fly because of map of the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was, that's you. That's me. You're, you're <laughs> the white Mister T. I am the white Mister T, only fatter and then don't have mohawk. Softer, <laughs> <laughs> a little softer, a little softer around the midsection. I feel your pain, brother. <laughs> like I just can't. I couldn't do it. And I mean, it was, it was always for me. It was always how do I get out of the helicopter rides because I didn't like them. Um, I was always begging and pleading to go on them. I loved them. I was fine with planes. Well, I was Air Force. I was fine with planes, but the helicopters, eh, not so much. But, you know, I mean, I do remember sitting in a in a, a shit hook, or I'm sorry, the uh, CH-47, CH-47 Chinook. Chinook. And <laughs> For you politically correct personnel out there. <laughs> I do remember, hey, you know, listening to music and while, while played over the – the helicopter while waiting for takeoff. Um, and one of the songs that we all, that was always played was always, you know, a Lincoln Park song. And like, usually it was, uh, I don't, I don't remember the I don't, t- title of the, I don't. Can't remember the name of the song. The title of the album, excuse me. The, ah, oh, the album. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, that Mountain Dew sure worked. Drink a little, yeah. drink a little bit more, Kenny, because yeah. you need it. Yes. Uh, it'll soothe those those jagged nerves. <laughs> but one of the songs being In the End, and that was a song that we listened to a lot. <clears throat> and that was, you know, in the end, it doesn't even matter because you tried so hard and it didn't matter how far you got. And so it was just that song would all well forever remind me of, of, of my military service, my non-combat service. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then, you know, the uh, another one would be... Uh, by White Lion, which, I mean, that that's kind of your genre, right? Like your era, White Lion. Well, 80s, anything from World War II, because that's when I was in. 80s hair bands, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Andrew's sister, McGuire's sisters, and the White Lion. That's all me. <laughs> and poison. And poison. Mix them all together, and you got to. I dated girls who were poison. Not literally, <laughs> but they might as well have been. Oh, haven't we all? Haven't yeah. we all? I mean, but I, I do remember, you know, I stationed in Fairbanks for, you know, almost four years. And, and, uh, the, we would go to Anchorage for some fun. And, you know, that's a 600 mile trip. Um, I'm sorry, but that was a, a joy. 300, 300 mile, mile trip. trip. Yes. A six hour drive or a three hour tour. That's right. On the USS Minnow. <laughs> and, and there's one time I'm out and I'm driving and or I'm not driving. My buddy, Matt was driving and I think I'd be sleeping. He was a mechanic. And I, no, I didn't sleep with him driving. Grand damn. Um, but we're, you know, we're driving and I created this mix CD for the whole time down there. And one of the songs being White Lion on the Children Cry and then Poison and uh, uh, Every Rose Has a Thorn and, and, Real upbeat music, huh? Okay. Real, 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 upbeat. real upbeat music, man. Nothing but like unicorns and rainbows. <laughs> and my, my other friend that was in the car, he took the CD out of the car and said, I can't take it anymore, dude. All these songs, I just want to commit suicide to. And he flung it out the window. <laughs> and, said, it, and he dubbed it my the Kenny Suicide Mix, yeah. which I just happened to. Have saved on my computer to remake and I put it underneath his door. There you go. When we got home. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, back when I made mixtapes, they were cassettes and they were played off of an album or you capture it off the radio. We didn't have computers. <laughs> you had to wait. You had to wait just for the right moment to start it. Yeah. Otherwise, you're getting DJ Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> That'd be me. That'd be me. And so, what are the other some of the songs you listen to, other than your suicide mix? What the, <laughs> some of the other stuff you listen to? You know, when we were we when we joined the combat situations, and we'd go out on combat missions, and we had a driver who was good enough and to kind of hack our our air systems. And a lot of people did this, but we would hook our MP3 players into into our uh, into our radio comm system that was our internal comm system that only th- three of us could hear. So you were live at five and <laughs> doing right. leather reports, draft reports. <laughs> no, no, that, that comes away later in my non-military or non-military, non-radio career. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we, you know, we always listened to music that would jack us up like in football, like before a football game, right? Like you'd, you'd listen, we listen to like, uh, Pantera's Respect or uh, Perfect Circle or Tool or uh, Leonard Skinner and uh, well that was usually more from when we got home but or Five Finger Death Free Punch Bird. that's right that's right uh, or you know War Pigs you know by Ozzy or Black Sabbath rather mm-hmm. and so we would always you know get this get hyped up on music man that get our endorphins going and you know, da 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 you know, and just and keep going with that and make and have fun with it and <clears throat> kind of take the edge off where you're going that you may not be coming back. And it just took the edge off it. Well, psyching yourself up for a combat mission or or just to go out on a mission at all. I mean, you 
getting jacked up and get your adrenaline going made you more vigilant, more alert, and more aware of your surroundings. You were hypervigilant, and that helped you. I'm pretty sure, you know, playing These Eyes by the Guess Who versus Born to be Wild, I mean, I'm going to guess one is to bring you up, one's to bring you down. But those are my era. But, yeah, you don't want to play These Eyes going out on a mission. You want to play Born to be Wild, so it jacks you up. But you know... There was a song that we used to play a lot, and my and my team leader Timmy Magrum, he loved this song. It was Carly Simon. You're so vain. Yeah. And well, I could never really understand why he was singing this song. Why why this song was on our playlist, and and then it dawned on me, I'm a very very prideful person, and he was telling me, knock back off dude because someday pride's gonna come and you're gonna fall it did late we'll get well, yeah, blown later, up three times so you fell right. three times absolutely and and other bad things we'll, we'll talk about that on, on another podcast but uh but as as it goes through we we were just you know we just love music and it was something that is a shared experience with most of most of us, we all have some kind of shared experience, uh, including, you know, Reveille. Yep. Reveille and uh, and uh, Retreat, the beginning of the duty day, the end of the duty day. Because when you, you play Reveille and uh, wherever you're, well, at least in the Air Force, the headquarters building, um, I'm, I'm sure the Army has the same thing. They may call it something else, but the flag goes up for Reveille and the people tying it off. You, uh, they they step back and salute until Reveille is over. If you're driving your car across base or post or whatever you guys want to call it, you pull over to the side and you sit there. You either park, foot on the brake, whatever. If you're out there on foot walking around or your bicycle, you stop off your bike or you just stand there and salute. If you can see the flag, you face the flag. If you can only hear the music, you face the music and you render a hand salute until it's all said and done. And that's just what you do. The same thing for uh, at the end of the day when they're playing retreat. Oh yeah, absolutely, and, and that's what we did. I mean, we would we would actually we were actually mandated by our garrison commander to get out of our cars and salute, stand facing the direction and salute. Um, our post was pretty big, so we couldn't necessarily see the garrison command unit or the flag that be um, and you just kind of knew where it was. So you face where you, where you know you're supposed to be facing because you knew where the gar- the garrison post command was mm-hmm. and you just faced that and slipped. Same thing. Same and they thing. had, and they had speakers throughout the whole, the whole, the whole base. post. Post. So it, you, you'd hear it no matter what. Yeah. For, for you air force guys, a post it's not a stick, a pole, wooden thing in the ground. It's an army base. And it's one of the most wonderful places in the world. Because they have hotels there, right? For well, all they, their trips. They do have one hotel, but they do have great barracks. Like some of them have great <laughs> barracks. But if you think about a military post, man, that grass was always well manicured. Probably was. So always. And you know, and sometimes. If you're in an infantry unit, 
you would be doing PT before this would take on and you'd have to stop and start saluting in the middle of PT. Talk about killing your run time. Yeah, because Revely goes for a little while, so I'm gonna you're gonna add a couple minutes to your PT time. I mean, right, absolutely. Right. And then what so what did you do to get back into this? I left the hotel and got there after Revely. <laughs> what we would do is we'd we'd start singing cadences. And you know, C one thirty rolling down the strip, sixty-four Rangers on a one-way trip. <laughs> I do remember the C one thirty. I I liked that cadence. It was a good one. I it's one of the few that I really really liked that was clean. And then you know, they say you remember the you remember they say I remember they. But as far as some of the other music that uh, it means something to everybody, because we were talking about Reveille and also Retreat, what other music would apply to pretty much everybody? Taps, definitely taps, and I dare you to try to get through that song at a service without a tear going welling up in your eye. Yep. I agree with you. I truly do. Military, even even civilians, uh, the taps, uh, it conjures up a lot of emotions that are welled up and will well up in you. And let's just say, unless you're some cold-hearted SOB, taps mean something to you. I mean, it is something. I mean, you see it. You see it played right after the twenty-one gun salute at funerals and uh, memorials, and it's it's just one of those songs. Yep it it will bring up a lot of emotion. So anyhow, pressing on. As far as uh, you had said something about music and careers and so on, uh, what what point were you trying to make when you had talked about that? Well, you know. Music can change a career. It can change specifically. I mean, it can change a civilian career, but it can specifically change a military career as well. Because if you just are able to get through it, like going back to basic training and onward Christian soldiers, right? Like Mm -hmm. that was, that was my way of embracing the suck. And if I can embrace the suck, that means I can get through it and keep going. And, it gives you purpose for what you're doing and and how and how music can change your perspective on a situation without you even realizing that your your perspective's changed. Yeah, that, that's very true. And you know, so we we talk about music and we talk about how how it can how it can do things. It's one of those things ways, you know, that it can it can break the ice, right? Yeah. So one of the uh, songs uh, that was used extensively, uh, I don't know if I used extensively as a proper term, but uh, was popular during the Korean War. And I'm going to call it a war. Blood was spilled. People died. Um, being military, it was a war. Um, like the TV show MASH, the theme song without the lyrics. Um, everybody knows that song. But how many people actually know what the song is called or the lyrics in the song? Because you talked about when you were in boot camp trying to figure out lyrics to the songs. The TV show MASH made that song hugely popular with the civilian populace. And the name of the song is Suicide is Painless. And it's absolutely not. 
not that I've ever tried, mm-hmm. but I've I've had enough friends that have, and then mm-hmm. it's not just painless on. But the lyrics of the song, <laughs> part of them is you can take it or leave it if you choose, and it's about a soldier contemplating suicide and. I don't know if he's being talked out of it or he's just running it through his head. You'd have to listen to the lyrics and maybe read the lyrics. But um, something you might want to consider because suicide uh, is not painless to everybody you leave behind. Suicide is very much painful for everyone you leave behind. It may end your pain, but it means it's start for everybody else's pain. So... What we're getting at is if you, if you know somebody that's contemplating suicide, first off, you know, you can call the 811, which is the Suicide National Hotline. Or you can have a shared experience. Find it. Talk to that person yourself because camaraderie comes through shared experiences. Jeff and I have several shared experiences, even though we've never shared a military experience. But we can talk about the experience and, and continue to grow with that and being you know music like the hotel california even though being technically more in his era than mine it was it's a shared experience that we both have that we can talk about and we can talk about somebody off the ledge like you know jimmy eat world let talk you off the ledge my friend and, and so we just go into that and it's a way to connect with somebody it's a way to help them it's a way to get them to see that there is some somebody out there for them. And it also kind of brings it back around to the beginning of freedom system itself. Absolutely. Because you had a, a really, really close friend, one of your best friends, that actually did commit suicide. And it was it was hard. And you know, we I helped with another nonprofit group called Alpha Nerds Guild, started by John Burke and another a little few other group members of, of friends of ours. And, and what we did is we gave consoles out, video game consoles out to uh, veterans with PTSD and TBI. Um, and those that couldn't afford, you know, and it kind of dried up during COVID, but because you just couldn't get consoles anymore, but we have had, and they still have a awesome peer support group. And one of the things that, I would do as when I would be take a call would be, Hey, music, what can we share? What bond do we share? What kind of music do you like? And usually there's always something that you can connect with because everybody likes music. If you don't, you're just not human. <laughs> or deaf. Or deaf. Could be deaf. Could be deaf. I guess. But I mean, I'm sure Beethoven was deaf. Be- Beethoven was. So now, Helen Keller, she didn't, you know, I don't know if she had a favorite tune, but I'm sure she could feel the beat of the music in the speakers, especially the subwoofers in her stereo. (laughs) So many subwoofers in her stereo. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) In case you didn't know, I kill me. I'm hilarious. He he kills himself. He's hilarious. (laughs) And, you know, but, you know, going on to that, you know, there's there's all these groups that are out there and, uh, you know, not to be cliche, but you know, five figure death punch, right? Like they yeah. are huge in the military community going on on briefings. They would put together uh, uh, these slideshows with five figure death punch battleborn being in as the, uh, 
the intro to, hey, welcome to our extremely boring briefing about nothing that you're going to see on, on, this, on this PowerPoint with this video. Death by PowerPoint. Gotta love it. <laughs> I apologize. Because <laughs> we are on the wrong side of heaven. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. But, you know, there's so many other groups out there that, that you know, it was just, it's kind of neat as I was doing research for this. And and as well as uh, Jeff's research as well, like we found quite a few groups that were military themed and or had members in their band that were are maybe Actually, huge and they're veterans. Yeah. So like Limp Biscuit, I didn't know this. Fred Durst served in the military. He was he spent two years in the Navy uh before he went to uh become a tattoo artist and got then he got found as a, could be a, a good singer. Mm-hmm. Like that's a that's amazing amazing. And then Menard James Keenan, the lead singer for Tool, mm-hmm. you know he served in the army and until and he wanted to do that. He served in the army. So he'd go to school to learn more about music. Yeah. And then you have Jimi Hendrix, obviously. Oh yeah. Obviously best guitarist ever. Right. Yep. I love the national, his ven, uh, rendition of the national anthem. And I want to say that his dad was an air force lieutenant colonel, but I'm, I'm just not positive of it, but I, I honestly believe he was. But you were saying that he was in the army. Oh, yes, that's right. What about what about the other one? The uh, oh, the the other little name guy that no one knows. Only little, yeah, little. Never heard. I'm nobody. I'm sure nobody ever heard of. I mean, Johnny Cash. I mean, Johnny Cash was in the Air Force. He bought his very first guitar at an Air Force BX. I mean, definitely wasn't heard by of by Ford. That's true. Or Cadillac. No, nope. one piece at a time. Never. <laughs> like, it's just amazing. And then, of course, obviously Elvis, right? Yep, the king. He was in the army, but he became famous. He was he drafted? I don't remember. <sighs> I'm trying to remember. That, that, uh, off the top of my head, I think he was drafted, but I I wouldn't swear to it. Or I wouldn't sell it to it either. But he, but he was. I I do remember seeing pictures of him in the army. Yeah, he was in the army when he was famous. Yeah. Like, can you imagine being famous in, in the military? I mean, I know you're famous. Everybody knows who you are in Goshen. <laughs> sometimes that's good, sometimes that bad. I mean, uh, as, a, as a brief side note, I was talking to a buddy of mine last night, and he brought up that very subject. And he goes, what was the name of that guy that just got out of prison and bought you a beer? And very long story, it's a guy I put in jail a couple hundred times, and on and on and on, and he just got out of prison this for the second time, and he'd been out maybe a month, and we were at a bar in Goshen, and he came over and sat down at the table, and we were talking, he bought me a beer, and he said, you know, I, you know I've changed my ways, I realized that I was kind of a dick, and you know, the second, it took me two times in prison to realize it, but by the same token, cleaned myself up now, and you were always fair to me. May have held my feet to the fire, but which he didn't like. But he, but I was always fair with him. So I got a free beer out of a out of a, a guy I put in prison. <laughs> so, so I do know everybody. <laughs> and I mean, you. I mean, you were in the military for thirty six years. You were a 
I'm sorry. I got that back. Military for 30. Military for 30. Police Air. officer for 36. Yeah. And, I mean, you were able to help so many people, including somebody that thanked you on, on Facebook. There was a gal who I had known for a few years, and uh, I'm not sure I can explain how I knew. Something just didn't feel right. And being a combat vet, you know what Spidey sense is. Um, Something just didn't feel right, and I started talking to her, and the more I talked to her, I knew something was wrong. And what I ended up doing, and she thanked me later, and years later she thanked me on Facebook, publicly thanked me for saving her life. She had planned on killing herself, and basically I caught on to it, not knowing what she was going to do, and talked her out of it. And... Uh, she would privately thank me every couple of years down the road, but just a couple of years ago, she publicly thanked me on Facebook for saving her life. And that I would never do anything like that as far as, so to speak, rat her out. But there are three different women I talked out of committing suicide, and she was one, and she and I still maintain a friendship today. And it's amazing what happens when people can see the worth in themselves through another person. Which means that they're most likely going to be okay in the long run. And they realize that it's just a weak moment in their life. And if we can keep that going and we can keep that trial and we keep learning learning how to deal with things, we can continue to help more people and save more people. Um, you know, I was... I was uh, taken to a band concert in Grand Rapids um, by another board member of, of uh, Freedom System, Tony Buscio. He took me to a band called Sabaton. How many of you have ever heard of Sabaton? I know for a fact that I've never heard of it. Jeff, have you, have you ever had, heard of them? I had never heard of them, not until tonight. And if you've ever listened to Sabaton, you know that they're, they are about military specifically they really like the american military but they sing about wars and they sing about specifically they speak about sing about battles and the stories behind them and who won why they happened this that and the other thing of every war that you can think of and they keep going it is it is just one of their neat little things you watch their music videos and they're all about real life footage of 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 combat situations Throughout, uh, throughout the world and throughout, throughout history. Yeah, absolutely, and it's and it's really neat. Um, so give you get a chance. You might like you might like listening to them, and and of course, you know you can't go to any music without having some kind of frame of reference in your mind of what you want to listen to. Being said, you know it, it's. I went to this concert once. It was a Breaking Benjamin concert, which also had Five Finger Death Punch and uh, Bad Wolves, which Tommy Vexed, who's no longer part of Bad Wolves, but Tommy, Tommy Vexed is one of those awesome guys that you just want to you want to meet and and uh, do do stuff with mm-hmm. because well, he's I would, just, yeah, he's just awesome, right? So, but I'd even let him buy me lunch. I I would too. He's got. He's definitely got the chops for it. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> no, none, none at all. 
Uh, Jeff kills me. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, I like going to concerts with uh bands about that kind of like have like-minded stuff as we do so the the other group that i have written down here is it's a is breaking benjamin and how they discuss how them and five figure death bunch both discuss how the world cannot be without the american military and where we are today and and it's it's just really cool Mm -hmm. oh yeah uh, love I, all these bands we've been talking about, all these artists we've been talking about, uh, even Tool, which I've been called. Um, just one of those things. But yeah, the the uh, music world and the military world have always been combined in one way or another. And it's kind of our our little, as a military, as a GI, our, our tool to get back into the civilian world. It reminds us of home. Um, it just conjures up so many memories and it just does so much for us. And, you know, and another band that we, we often think about and no, nobody really is the Lieutenant Dan band, which is Gary Sinise's band. And, and you, we all know what Gary Sinise does for, for our, our, uh, our military, our military. You, you don't get anybody better than him as a repre- representative for the U S military and our, all of our soldiers. And I'm still dumbfounded that it's got legs. There's <laughs> a, a very good movie and it's a very good CG. I love where he's sitting on the boat um, after the hurricane and he's finally come to peace with the, this, what has happened. And he's sitting there and his, his pants or his uniform pants are tied off at the knee and he swings his stumps over the side of the boat and jumps in. And what they had done was with, with CGI there was actually a hole or a doorway, whatever you want to call it, in the boat. And his legs from his knees down blended into the green screen. And he swung his legs through the, the, the not the doorway, whatever you want to call it, the doorway in the, in the side of the boat. So he didn't have to lift his legs up, his, his real legs. And it just looked like the stumps went over the side of the boat and he jumped in. That was awesome. I love that movie. Anyways, that's all the time we have for tonight, guys. Um, next podcast is titled The Wall, where we talk about veterans slamming their head against the, the uh, proverbial wall and sometimes actual walls when they're trying to reintegrate into careers. Yes, the transition from the military to the civilian world is not always an easy one. Um, some of us have it easier than others. Some of it have us much more difficult. And uh, we try and help those who have a harder time because we can always help a brother out. And that's, that's what right. we're here for, helping out a brother or Absolutely. a sister. Absolutely. And we want to make sure that that's something that we always keep that in the forefront of our mind. As, as always, guys, good night. And we are the, the Common, Common Veterans. Veterans.